When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's T. Frank. Today on the BWI Daily Edition, we are going to talk about the one thing that I've been asked all week. It's hard to tell you about Ohio and how Penn State did and the players that stood out. Great, great, great. T. Frank, what about the Auburn running game? What about that offensive line? Can Penn State stop them? So we're going to dig into that today on the BWI Daily Edition. And I think, and hopefully, demystify the reality around this team. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Today on the BWI Daily Edition, riding solo, you may notice there is no Nate Bauer. There's no Greg Pickle. This is not the mailbag episode because I wanted to talk about this. It was clearly at the forefront of the minds of Penn State football fans. It's how is Penn State going to handle and how are they going to stop the Auburn rushing attack? Because so far they haven't really played any team that runs the football as their primary mode of transportation down the football field. And I hope, like I said, my hope is that this show will demystify the Auburn Tigers for you because most Penn State fans don't know anything about Auburn because they don't they don't play Auburn once a year and they don't play Auburn every other they just it's not a common opponent right and when we do that when, when you have an unfamiliar opponent what happens is you start to fill in the gaps with preconceived notions or things that you used to know about a certain team like I can't tell you the number of times when we've been having football theory questions and conversations on the BWI message board. One of my favorite things to do is talk about the theory of how to build a team and how to do this stuff. And the number of people that say, go look at all the Alabama linebackers. Why don't we recruit, and we meaning Penn State, 257-pound linebackers like they do? So I can look. And when I take a second to look at it, Alabama's got 225-pound linebackers like the rest of college football. And Auburn, this week, the offensive line, big physical group. They were named a top 10 unit and all this stuff from blah, blah, blah. Here's the problem when it comes to that. Not only are we dealing with the preconceived notion that the jersey they're wearing makes them better at football magically, but also there's not a lot of good metrics or understanding about offensive line play. And one of the problems is literally broadcast angle to understand what's going on in the offensive line. You need a three dimensional picture. So you just see back and forth, back and forth movement. You don't actually see a whole lot of what's happening in the run game. So from a, from that perspective, we, the media do a terrible job of understanding, explaining and discussing offensive line play. And that's what I'm hoping to do here on the show is give you that information in a credible, reasonable way. Uh, so where we're going to end up, I'll tell you right now. Yes, the running game for Auburn is a threat. And we'll get into how uh, when I explain how we're going to do this. Because, you know, I've watched the film. I've seen what they do and not terribly impressed. Not overly impressed by the offensive line. But the only real concrete thing I can give you other than my opinion and what I've seen is a, the PFF run blocking grade because it's a uniform metric along the offensive line 
that at least gives you a roundabout idea of where players are playing and how they're doing it. So we'll be using those as reference points today, but I am going to do a film breakdown at bluewhiteillustrated.com this week, give you the film uh, analysis so you can see what I'm talking about. But for now, you know, it's going to be understanding it through that lens. Uh, one last thing before we get into it is make sure you subscribe to the channel. I asked our viewers and I asked all of you by the time Penn State lands in Auburn, they play on 3.30 on Saturday. I wanted to be 8,500 people subscribed to the channel. We're getting close to that. You've responded beautifully. Thank you so much. But it's Wednesday. We're uh, halfway through the game. It's halftime. Let's not let up. Let's bury the opponent and the opponent being a number. Let's get to 8,500 by the end of the week. Uh, and of course, like the video helps us defeat the almighty algorithm. Okay, so let's get into I'm going to go player by player from last week from San Jose State. Uh, this is the Auburn offensive line from left to right and explaining what they are from their grade last week. And because we have a limited sample size, go back to 2021 and give you that number as well. So we're not looking at just one week. So Killian Zierer, the left tackle, good athlete, lacks power. Uh, he can get to the second level. He can make some great blocks when it comes to reach blocks and uh, double teams, things like that, but he's not strong at the point of attack. Uh, and he also is, uh, I think you can have him in pass protection if you're a good uh, pass rusher. Now, last week, 56.5 PFF pass block or run blocking grade. And just as a refresher, 60 means zero, means even, means not bad, not good. You went out and did exactly what you were expected to do. Uh, and then last season in a couple of starts, 44. He was a part-time starter last season, uh, so not a great number. That's actively bad. Brandon Council, my favorite player on this offensive line. Good player. Uh, you know, knows what he's doing, executes assignments well, decent strength, good mobility. He's in his seventh season at Auburn. He better be better than a bunch of 18-year-olds. He should be in the NFL by like three years now. Last week, 66.3, good grade, but learning the new system with Brian Harson last year, 50.2. Not an overwhelming number. And I believe he is their best overall offensive lineman. Tate Johnson uh, gives me a bit of a Mike Miranda vibe from the production. I saw last week struggles at the point of attack and a lot of mental errors that shouldn't be there for the center uh, did not play last season. He's a new starter on the offensive line, 54.5 and was a source of some of the frustration. I think up front for Auburn. Uh, not strong at the point of attack. You can knock him off and get to your block or destruct that block and get, you know, split some double teams, things like that. So an area of weakness up the middle for an offensive line, trying to paint this picture for you of dominant run blockers so far, not so much. Now, Cameron uh, Stutz is uh, he replaced the starter from last season, beat him out in a camp battle, but overall good player, but overall performance is a 60. You know, and he didn't play a lot last year. Some spot duty, 63.7 in his run blocking grade. He struggles with some backside blocks and outside zone. I pointed this out with Kate and Wallace before that athleticism to get to the far side of a player lined up to your interior on the back of their zone running system. So that is something that Penn State can absolutely take advantage of with their athleticism up front against a guy who has good size, good strength, but, you know, not the complete package. Here we have right tackle Austin Troxel played all of 2021. He was the left tackle. They moved him over for zero to play left tackle. Now he's playing right struggles with balance. He can have some highlight blocks, but Penn State played him last year and, and they were able to win that football game last week. Again, a good grade 66.2 means you're making the occasional 
good block, but you're not dominating up front. And last season, the opposite of that 51.0 run blocking grade. So that's the offensive line, as we saw against San Jose State from left to right. And like I said, what stood out to me last week was mental errors, lack of finish on blocks, and uh, the inability to get some key blocks in zone blocking. And who does that sound a whole lot like? To me, that sounds exactly like the Penn State offensive line. These two teams, if you're unsatisfied with the, the way that Penn State has blocked over the recent couple of years, it's the same ride at Auburn to me. Um, similar systems, by the way. And Brian Harson, what he's installed is a much more pure zone blocking system. Much more of their base offense is outside zone and some inside zone trying to get guys in uh, cutback situations with their talented running backs. But as far as the offensive line goes, it's it's cut and paste. And, and this is kind of the point of most offensive lines in college are just like that. There are very few dominant units, especially, you know, both in run and pass. Some teams focus extensively on the run game. This team focuses extensively on the run game, but they are not at the level of even an Iowa or a Michigan in terms of effectiveness of the players up front. And I still think that those teams are still gettable, you know, in terms of uh, they're good athletes. They're not great athletes. And I would say that Auburn's offensive line is a tick below those good players. But if you're playing a guy who's been in college for seven years, I we, we've had this conversation about other players at that position or at different positions with that same uh, situation. There's nothing here that Penn State fans should be afraid of. So what is it then about this rushing attack? Well, let's talk to James Franklin, head coach. And if you don't believe me and you don't like PFF grades and uh, maybe James Franklin mentioning the players that stood out to him on film and not just stood out to me on film. Maybe he can explain guys to that we've been impressed with is obviously Tank Bigsby, but you could even mention you know their backs in general. Uh, their wide receiver number six, Javarius Johnson, guy that can really run a 10 300 meter guy, and then obviously the change of pace quarterback uh, Robbie Ashford, who we recruited out of high school, who obviously is an explosive athlete. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So explosive athlete defines the Auburn rushing attack because the reputation of the offensive line, again, we... we do a terrible job uh, in general in the media of uncoupling one from the other. So if the running backs are good, then we think the offensive line is good unless it's painfully obvious that it's not that. Uh, and, and Bigsby and Knight and Robbie Ashford, those players are explosive. 
and they're dangerous. In this zone blocking system, the ability to cut back or get to the outside, or if th- th- this this offensive line is capable, like every offensive line that's good, you know, middling, of creating one or two really good holes. And Tank Bigsby is a very good runner. He'll find them and he'll attack them. And that's why he is uh, a name that everybody knows across the country. That's the real threat here are those explosive running backs. And if it sounds a whole lot like Nick Singleton at Penn State this year, that's because it is. This These running attacks are the exact same other than I would say that the roster of explosive athletes is deeper for Auburn than it is for Penn State. Singleton singularly changes the fortunes of Penn State's offensive line. So this will look a lot better this year than it did last season for the offensive line. Something that we beat the drum about on the BWI Daily Edition time and time again about the Penn State rushing attack. It's going to look a whole lot better this year as long as Nick Singleton is healthy and he breaks enough tackles to go 80. We saw that last week. So that's the game to me. It's not about can uh, the defensive tackles hold up in their positions. It's can you rally and tackle these explosive running backs? Because I, I think the defensive line, P.J. Mustford has looked healthier than I expected. And that alone, along with the depth at that position, Jordan Vandenberg uh, stepping up, I think he still needs to play consistently better. Um, but the the talent is there to to stop this, this running unit. Uh, on the backside, we already mentioned Hakeem Beeman as an explosive, penetrating athlete. I want to see more of that as well. I think if you do have a question, it's more about the execution by these defensive tackles than it is necessarily about uh, being blown off the football by out-physicaled. That is not what's going to happen on Saturday. And if it is, then it, I think it's a referendum on Penn State, more so than something I've seen on film from Auburn against other teams. Um, And this is an important thing because this is what we talked about week one after Purdue. The rushing attack for Purdue was not potent by any means, but it kept them in the football game. And that's because Penn State in their new system, getting used to some stuff. And James Franklin says "Eh, there are a couple wrinkles. You know, I, I think what we all hope for, right, is from game one to two that you make the biggest jump. And specifically on the defensive side of the ball where we have some new wrinkles and, and, and some subtle you know, tweaks to the scheme. Um, but I think that's where we can really take the next step because uh, we did have some, some um, missed assignments at critical times you know, in the game that we got to get cleaned up. And that's, that's, what, that's what Friday was for and that's what Sunday was for. And they did better week two against Ohio. So to me, this is a litmus test, not of the the strength or the size or the things that Penn State fans are worried about against the Auburn offensive line. I don't think those are the factors. The factor is, are you going to be in the right gap? And did you overrun it? Did you make a mistake? And if you do, this group uh, at Auburn will make you pay. Explosive runs versus San Jose State saved them in this game. Some timely throws from TJ Finley. Don't want to take that away because there were some big plays, but overall four carries for a hundred yards against San Jose state. That was basically half of their offense or a third of their offense came on four carries. And the guy that I think, and this is very indicative of last year as well, half of their runs came on explosive plays, which for a healthy rushing attack in college football, that's what it's supposed to look like. So again, Hunter Bigsby, and Ashford, these are the guys that are doing this stuff throughout the game so far, throughout the season so far. 
the Auburn rushers, nine carries for 252 explosive yards. That's a really healthy number. Again, it's against Mercer, but they've been pretty consistent about that throughout the season so far in the first two games. So it's about contain being in position and tackling the ball carrier. That's your hard hat. It's not about making sure that you are holding up against double teams because I just I just don't see that. I don't see two and three yards down the field pushing guys off the ball. I see effective enough run blocking and then guys making big plays, especially Ashford. Now, I mentioned earlier that, that Auburn, they do a lot of zone running. And one of the caveats is everyone tries to break their own tendencies in different ways. Penn State has actually evolved away from being a pure zone, inside zone spread team, they've incorporated more traditional man blocking, power, counter, things like that. For Auburn, what they've done is they've gone in on their athletes in space. Ashford, the the uh, the the backup quarterback, the change of pace guy, he is the most explosive player on this team and might be the most explosive player on the field with all due respect to Abdul Carter on Saturday. He has the sort of, and of course, Nick Singleton, you know, when they're on the field together, um, he has the most explosive outrun the defense potential of this group, but at a, at the quarterback position as a change of pace, he's not on the field all the time. And that's really how they shake things up is they will run the occasional power and counter, but it's about jet sweeps, getting different guys, the ball in option situations and getting you in conflict as a defense. So that's going to be key. Is not just and James Franklin mentioned the play action, timely play action, but it's about the play fakes. It's about the edge of the 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 edge of the the tackle box. Secure that, and if they break a couple runs up the middle, that's gonna happen against the team. That that's their only mode of transportation up and down the field is running the football. There's a lot of empty calories in running the football, and I understand there's a lot of drop passes in a passing attack, but it's not like it's just security. I think people look at the running game as this is a a a bond, right? It's going to pay you guaranteed assets. And if you get stopped for two yards and then you get stopped for two yards or you get four and then it's third and five and you've got a quarterback like TJ Finley, you're not in a good situation. You're in the same situation as the other team. Third and my quarterback has to do something. So to me, this game is about the skill position players playing up to that level. And interestingly enough, we talked about the defensive tackles already. Uh, I think at the edge position where Penn State has some undersized guys, those guys have been playing better than I expected, especially against the run. Adisa Isaac and Chop Robinson in particular have been very good against the run. And the just from the reports and, and what I've heard of Adisa Isaac and, and seeing some improvement each week, he's getting stronger and healthier and more confident in his abilities coming back from his injury than he has, you know, throughout that process. It's a process. This is week three now. But the players that I think are, are going to be important, Curtis Jacobs, he had a bounce back game against Ohio. He looked good, aggressive on the other side of the line of scrimmage, stopping these guys before they get going. Curtis Jacobs with four uh, stops, according to PFF. Chop Robinson's been on the other side of the line of scrimmage regularly. And then as much as you can get from Abdul Carter in this game, as an athlete to chase without making those mental mistakes we talked about. So ultimately we end in the same position as I think everybody else in terms of uh, can Penn state stop Auburn's rushing attack? Yes, I absolutely think they can, they can contain it. 
They absolutely can contain it. But every player, every every offense is going to make some plays. So if Auburn ends this game with 175 yards rushing but 17 points, that's a that's a formula for Penn State to win. That's a formula for them to, uh, to as long as on the offensive side of the ball, they can score points, then they should have this one in the bag. Because Penn State's going down to Auburn with three of the four best quarterbacks they are going to be on the sideline. And that is a huge advantage. Uh, so that's my view of the Penn State versus Auburn rushing attack. If you want to check out uh, more stuff, bluewhiteillustrated.com will have that will have that for you this week, so you can see for yourself with your own eyeballs. If you don't believe me, then I'll show you my work. So that'll do it today for the BWI Daily Edition. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And by the way, I'm going to get a ticker or something at the bottom of of the screen. Because I've always heard people say, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And I hate saying things that just turn into white noise. But literally, there's like 27 different podcast platforms. Like That's why you 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 just say wherever you get them. Because I don't, I don't know. You might be on something that I've never heard of. We go to all of them. So make sure you subscribe. Uh, thank you to everybody who's liked the video. Uh, like it again if you can. And, of course, subscribe to Blue White Illustrated on YouTube. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We will be back tomorrow with a full prediction from Sean Fitz and from Nate Bauer. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.